Some people get very upset when you tell them they're wrong. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. Okay, today I just wanted to explore a piece of hate mail that we got on a recent video. Uh, specifically, it was a comment posted on the video about why I see Mike Pesesco is wrong about everything. And... Mike, not to be outdone, since the time that I did my research for that video, which talks about his ill-informed opinions about a variety of self-defense weapons and the contradictions with which he approaches the topics of self-defense, <laughs> since that time, he's put out a video about using a sword and shield for self-defense, and I haven't watched the video, but based on the comments that I've seen posted, apparently part of his thesis is that a mixed martial arts guy with no training would defeat a historical European martial arts guy with training. In other words, it's that age-old, uh, you're a bunch of nerds and, and even untrained mixed martial arts guys would be better with swords and shields than people who legitimately spend their time learning the authentic technique and methodology wherein swords and shields were used. You just... You can't make stuff like that up. So it is in the context of Mike posting utter nonsense like that, that a guy with no training who does this sport I like could clearly beat a guy who actually trains in this stuff. It is against that backdrop that this comment was made. Um, there was another guy who went on and on and on to the point of becoming recursive, uh, just posted comment after comment after wall of text comment because I dared to pick on Mike Pesesco for being short. Um, and this happened also in uh, one of my Facebook groups uh, where a guy who has been on my friends list for like since 2014 and just popped up in defense of Mike Pesesco. It's amazing to me the number of people who are willing to hurl their bodies in front of the bullets of criticism. These people that are willing to do anything it takes to protect the tiny, tiny form of Mike Pesesco from even the gentlest of ribbing. When this guy, Mike, talks crap about everyone and everything and loves to tell everyone that they're losers who can't fight and just sneers and arrogantly derides everyone and everything. Um, he personally called a friend of mine a fraud only because he doesn't agree with the martial art that my friend does, you know, which disregards the definition of fraud. To me, when you're a fraud, you are deliberately falsifying something. You are deliberately lying. You're trying to deceive people. His idea is that, well, if you do a martial art that I don't consider effective, then you're a fraud. Um, so, of course, the vast majority of traditional martial artists are frauds, according to someone like Mike, because, of course, since their martial art isn't effective in the sporting context of a mixed martial arts match, then, then clearly they're all liars or deluded fools or, or just losers who can't fight. So it is not surprising that, yet again, the anonymous people with accounts, like it, it's, it's interesting the pattern. When I get anonymous hate comments on the YouTube channel, it's almost always from an account that has nothing attached to it. No no favorites, no no subscribers, maybe one or two, no no anything. The account's been around for a few years and has just been sitting there. 
And then this guy comes out of nowhere and hiding from behind the screen of anonymity has lots of things to say. <laughs> and it never seems to dawn on these people when they're criticizing others for, you know, the, the deep psychological insights they think they're making. It never dawns on them that they're criticizing someone who, at the very least, is willing to put his name and face behind his opinions. You know, meanwhile, they are hiding from behind this screen of nobody knows who I am. And, and it doesn't it doesn't dawn on them the 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 sheer hypocrisy of the act in which they are engaging. Um, I know Jordan Peterson has made a lot of news lately because he's just been kind of losing his mind about how anyone who posts anonymously on Twitter is some sort of demon. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, weaving the term demon into your day-to-day -day conversation doesn't exactly enhance your credibility. <laughs> There's a lot of subtle things that detract from one's credibility. I remember, uh, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, but years ago, there was a local cable access channel. Um, let me back up for the young people in the audience. Back when we had to pay for cable to get television on the television, and there was no internet on the television, there would be what's called cable access channels, where you could pay to be on TV on this channel that almost no one watched, and your television show would go out to the masses if someone bothered to tune in to that channel on the cable system. Well, on like Friday nights... <laughs> One of the local cable access channels used to play back-to-back -back, uh, Ras Simeon and Ras Joseph, who I forget what the name of their show was, but Ras Simeon and Ras Joseph were two black dudes who would read from Marcus Garvey speeches from, like, the 30s. You know, civil rights stuff uh, with obscure terminology about Hamites and Japhites and other stuff like that. And then after Ras Simeon and Ras Joseph came on, the execrable Tom Metzger's Race and Reason would come on, where these idiots who thought they were brilliant would, you know, these, these were the same guys who went on Geraldo's show where he had, um, I don't want to use the term because I don't know how YouTube will react to it, but uh, he had some of the worst people in the world, neo-people of some of the worst people in the world, and he had civil rights activists on the same program. A fight broke out. He claims he got hit by a chair, and that's how he, his nose got broken. Uh, uh, Metzger's people claim that one of them punched him in the face and broke his nose. I don't think it matters which is which. But uh, these are bad people. These are thoroughly bad people. And and anyway, my point, I, I've, I've, I've drifted off into the into the mists of memory. Ras Simeon and Ras Joseph and, and the show that came on after, there was more than one person involved. And so it creates the illusion that these people are not just crackpots. You know, when there's more than one person, you can, well, at least there's one other guy. So when Ras Simeon and Ras Joseph were reading their speeches from the 30s, there was two of them. Well, at some point, one of them left. I don't know which one was Ras Simeon and which one was Ras Joseph, but one of them left. And the guy that was left immediately lost what little credibility he might have had because now he's just one lone nut. So I, I think people don't seem to understand that very subtle changes in in pitch and demeanor in in the pitch and yaw of your approach angle can affect whether or not we bother to take you seriously and and one of those is when you have uh weighty weighty insightful criticisms to offer and you give me the benefit of your uh your psychology degree that you apparently have and your psychic powers to tell me what i think about stuff um when you do that but you do it from behind 
an obvious throwaway YouTube channel that is just for commenting anonymously. I'm thinking your credibility suffers to the same degree that Ras Simeon and Ras Joseph suffered when one of them parted ways with the other. <laughs> so, uh, this, I won't bother to tell you the name because it doesn't matter, it's not a real name. Uh, this fellow commented on, on the, the video uh, for the last episode of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore, all about Icy Mike Pesesco. Phil, do you have any training or experience outside of your own imagination? Well, yes, actually. Yes, I do. Um, and at some point, I bothered to write all this down because it's extensive. And I should have, as part of show prep, I should have found this and brought it up and now I have to vamp while I wait for my file explorer to open and of course the one time I need it to open quickly it doesn't um, let's see where would I have put that no it's not there um, yes that that was silence that was silence while I stared at my computer screen Sorry, I know that's not exactly compelling radio. Compelling video, either. Well, at least on video you can see that I'm standing there going, um, Let's see, let me try... Here it is. Okay. Do I have any training or experience outside my imagination? As it turns out, yes! Yes, I do. I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I hold instructor-level credentials in Lu Shang Kung Fu. I have had scores of hours of in-person, force-on-force, live-fire, and simulation training through organizations like MDTTS, Progressive Force Concepts, Rochester Personal Defense, and Insights Training. I've conducted hundreds of hours of interviews with subject matter experts in the self-defense industry to include Masad Ayub, Peyton Quinn, Rich Nance, and many others. I've written best-selling ebook products for multiple internet marketers on the topics of self-defense, home defense, knife fighting, knife throwing, improvised weapons, ninjutsu, and countless other topics. I wrote columns for Tactical Knives and Survivor's Edge, and my work has been featured in multiple other Harris publications and Athlon publications uh, concerning knives, self-defense, and firearms. I've worked in the self-defense marketing industry for more than 15 years. I personally, at one point in my marketing career, wrote emails to... Uh, reach an audience of self-defense, martial arts, and survival enthusiasts every single day to the tune of about 300,000 300, people across three lists. Uh, I've ghostwritten multiple works published by industry figures and marketed directly to their audiences to include survival, self-defense, and self-reliance topics. I am a twice-published Paladin Press author. I've trained in person with Dan Indesanto and Avi Nardia, among many others, and I know what it feels like to dig a simunition round out of my bloody flank. So, yes, you might say that I have a little bit of training outside of my imagination. You might say that I've been doing this for a really long time. But of course, people like this look at me and they see a, a fat middle-aged uh, desk jockey and they're not impressed. And the fact that they're not impressed creates in them a what we call cognitive dissonance. It bothers them that somebody who does not impress them is asserting any kind of authority or information or uh, position of confidence it bothers them because it casts uh, the, the light of contrast. They look at themselves and they look at this person who does not impress them. That person has done more and is doing more than they are, and so it bothers them. It makes them upset. 
Um, it's the same thing that happened the very first time I published my very first book on any martial art topic. And one of the more frequent comments I got from people was, well, gosh, I wouldn't have written a martial arts book. Well, no, you wouldn't, and no, you didn't. But the implication there is, I consider myself better than you. You have published this book. I wouldn't have published a book. Therefore, I now am experiencing cognitive dissonance, and I don't like it. <laughs> so to answer that hate mail comment, yes, yes, I do have training and experience outside of my own imagination. Uh, he goes on. We've, we've covered one sentence of this comment. Uh, so I suppose at the pace we're going, this will be an entire podcast. Uh, for example, have you ever actually used a mag light or a flashlight in a self-defense situation? Um, first of all, it is not necessary to have used a mag light or a flashlight in a self-defense situation to understand the physics of how you would hit somebody with one. That's just basic physics. Um, you don't have to have been stabbed to know that you don't want to put the point of a sharp knife against your own body and start applying force. I have been forced to engage in self-defense situations where I was armed with a knife. Now, I have never had to cut or stab anyone, but I have had to draw a knife in anticipation of engaging in self-defense. So, uh, I've talked about these incidents before. I think I've talked about them in past uh uh, past podcasts. Um, I should probably devote an entire episode to a few of these incidents. Um, but be that as it may, uh, you know, the same people who are like, have you ever done that? They've never done it themselves. So all they're doing is choosing the idol to which they want to uh, make their bows. And if it's not you, then how dare you have an opinion? How, how dare you? You've never done X, Y, Z. Well, neither have you. Neither have you. And, you know, this uh, the next sentence sort of seg segues into this same point. Mike actually served as a police officer and operates a gym. Well, yes. Yes, he does. And Mike is an authority on mixed martial arts because he runs his own gym. And I've said that over and over again. That is the thing he should be talking about. That is the thing on which he is an authority. The fact that Mike, at, with his small stature, was a police officer does not impress me. Because I've known other police officers who were clearly much more effective at fighting than Mike will ever be. Uh, because they are the size of real people, for one thing. The other thing is, how long was Mike a police officer? The fact that he did that job for a little while, again, does not impress me. Because he's not one now, and hasn't been for a long time. So there's only so long that you can hang your hat on the fact that, oh, I was a cop. Yeah, so what? You know, how long did you do it? Uh, I know people who've been police officers for decades. Um, I have a very close friend who was a police officer in the big city who has stories that will turn your blood to ice when he talks about some of the stuff he saw and experienced. Um, I don't see those things in Mike. I just don't. So the fact that he was a cop, yeah, so what? You know, how, how dare you have an opinion because this tiny man was a police officer. So the fact that he was a police officer makes him an authority on the use of swords and shields for self-defense. Listen to yourself talk. You know, and that's, that of course is my problem and, and was the problem that I explained at great length in the previous podcast. You know, people are like, you called Mike Short. Well, yeah, as an aside, I also constructed a very lengthy argument about the opinions Mike has expressed that I have a problem with and why. 
So people are just ignoring the fact that that took place because I dared to make the podcast interesting. And this one guy posting on my YouTube channel, not the fellow who made this comment, but another guy who just went on and on with walls of text about how dare you have called Mike Short. You know, they always want to tell you how you should construct your arguments. Um, and then they ignore all of the arguments that you did make. It's just ridiculous. Okay, I understand that you want to shield your tiny hero from the light of criticism, but too bad. So, you know, the, this idea that, that uh, because he was a police officer, he gets to talk about, you know, using uh, any other kind of implement for self-defense. No, sorry. Um, he isn't even an authority on tactical firearms, in my opinion, because the average police officer treats their sidearm like a cell phone. It isn't a part of their lifestyle for many of them. And I'm talking about average. Um, so when Mike starts talking about tactical firearms, I'm sorry, but you don't have... You have less actual force-on-force -force training than I do. I'm willing to. I'm willing to say that, based on the number of hours of classes I've taken, I'm willing to bet that that guy has spent less time behind a simunitions gun than I have, um, which is probably saying something. Okay, uh, our our hero anonymous commenter goes on. Whereas uh, he's, a, he's a, Mike actually serves a police officer and operates a gym, comma. Whereas your entire knowledge base is derived from puerile, lurid power fantasies developed since adolescence as a cope for your blubbery incompetence. Now, right there, that's projection. This is somebody who, because he does not possess psychic powers, is projecting onto me the things that he thinks, the problems that he has, the issues that he has. So when people look at martial arts and self-defense and they immediately see adolescent power fantasies they're telling you what they think they're telling you that this is their outlook that adolescent power fantasies are what they're doing and what they're about so right away this guy has some issues when it comes to not feeling powerful not feeling competent and so he's projecting that onto me because he looks at me and sees someone who he thinks should be inferior to him and it bothers him to see someone who's just going out there doing and you know, I understand how painful that must be. I mean, it's got to suck, you know, especially if you're a mixed martial arts guy. And most of these people don't meet, as I said in the previous podcast, most of these people don't meet the standard that they set for others. Most of them are fans, not actual MMA uh, exponents. They're not actual amateur mixed martial arts athletes, most of them. Some of them are, but most of them are not. Um, just law of averages says most of them are not. Um, you know, the one guy, the one comment that I read in the, uh, the podcast about Internet Tough Guys, it was really a very insightful comment where he, he was pointing out that, you know, how dare you have opinions because on this forum, the people participating here are at least fans of mixed martial arts. So they're, they're fans of the correct thing as these people with this mindset see it. That is so insightful. That tells us so much about where they're coming from. Uh, it's all about, you know, are you are you a fan of the correct thing? So, our anonymous hate commenter goes on, I often disagree with Mike, but he usually gives his reasoning behind how he formed his opinion. Well, so what? I mean, if your opinion is based on falsehood, then it doesn't matter that you gave it. And I, I talked about that in the podcast as well. He takes a roll of quarters and punches a, a sheet of plywood with it, and it hurts his little hand. So he concludes that fist loads don't work and are a bad idea. Well, okay, that's his reasoning, and he's explained it, but every part of it is wrong. 
When you don't acknowledge that, yes, a fist load increases the possibility of damage to your hand, and that's the trade-off, and then you proceed to hit a hard, unre a hard resisting surface rather than something soft with a bone inside it. Like, when you hit somebody with a fist load, you're not hitting them in the skull. That would be the equivalent of the plywood. You're hitting them somewhere that there will be some give. You know, and yeah, if you hit them in the jaw, there is still a possibility of you hurting your hand and breaking your knuckles. But you're hitting him in the jaw with immense power. Um, so, not to get into the weeds of that particular argument, but yeah, Mike does offer... I've never said that he didn't. I said that he bases his arguments on a complete ignorance of the things he's talking about, and then he builds these straw man arguments that he then kicks over. So, offering a straw man explanation for your reasoning doesn't make it better. Uh, Mike also puts his ideas to the test on occasion. Yes, same thing. So yeah, he'll go out and he'll he'll you know bash something with a pair of brass knuckles with no idea of how a pair of brass knuckles should be worn or applied, and then conclude that it's a sucky weapon. And then when people point out to him in the comments, hey, you're holding that wrong and you're using it wrong, then he just tries to sneeringly dismiss them. Instead of acknowledging, hey, you know, you might actually be wrong. Your method might actually be wrong. There might be something to this weapon that has been around for decades. Um, he may be short, but he's very mobile and healthy. Well, I'll give you that. Uh, well, your mobility has been seriously compromised by psychological weakness and excess caloric consumption. Um, I'll, I'll give you the excess caloric consumption. That's how a person gets fat. It's, I, I was at the doctor once. Uh, and you know, the, the, I have a cardiologist, and I have I've been collecting medical specialists like Pokemon ever since I had my my heart adventure a few years ago. And at one point, they were like, "Okay, well, go away." That's what they tell me every time: "Go away and lose weight." Uh, and then they gave me, they, "Would you like some pamphlets on how to lose weight?" And I looked at her. This was the physician's assistant. I said, "Do you think I don't know? <laughs> Do you think the issue is I just don't know how to lose weight?" I'm, I'm over 50 years old. I, I, this is not my first rodeo. I understand how one loses weight. Not knowing how is not the issue. So, uh, but again, here with the projection, psychological weakness. Yes, clearly somebody who is willing to wade into a field dominated by people of athletic ability and continue to succeed in it and build a career in it and make money in it Clearly, that person suffers from psychological weakness. So yes, you found me out. I every day is a struggle. <laughs> every day is a struggle with my psychological weakness. Uh, and uh, please, you've you've pierced me to my very soul for for finding this out. Obviously, we're we're dealing with somebody who is himself psychologically weak. Going back to the fact that he has to make this comment from the protection of anonymity. He can't sign his name to it. He can't sign his identity to it. He can't put his picture on it because he's afraid. This is a person who himself is psychologically weak and a coward, uh, just by definition, because he won't put his name behind his opinion. I've had people comment on my YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure one, several of those comments are the same guy, and it's somebody that I know. Because some of the comments are very personal in a way that kind of asserts a past interaction or familiarity and that person is a tremendous coward because he's not willing to indicate who he is and yet he wants to make nasty comments um, it's like you're you're <laughs> the phrase you know living rent free in someone's head it's very overused it's very trite but 
for some of these people, it's very much the case. There's one guy who I parted ways with. We were friends years and years ago. And when I realized what a terrible person he was, that was it. I was done with him. I was told recently that that same guy is still, to this day, grinding away about how much he doesn't like me. And I'm like, really? I would have thought he'd have moved on a long time ago. So the fact is, somebody like me bothers a lot of people. Now, and I, I'm not trying to turn this into some ego fest. I, I don't really want the focus of the podcast to be me personally. But when somebody leaves a hate comment like this and they're attacking me, I have to address some of that in order to address the comment. More broadly, though, understand that these people hate you. They hate you, the ordinary people watching this. They hate the idea that ordinary mere mortals are out there learning to defend themselves. Because according to them, the only people who are allowed to defend themselves are those people who are capable of doing mixed martial arts. And if you're older or slower or fatter or, you know, you have mobility issues or you have any issue of any kind, if you're just at an age where training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu would be more likely to hurt you than not, then you're not allowed to defend yourself. And it bothers them that you're out here learning this stuff. So there's a lot more of us mere mortals than there are of them, people young and fit enough to do mixed martial arts. But, but it bothers them that we exist. So it's not me that they hate so much as it is all of you. Um, what was it's almost like that Trump thing where he's like, it's not me they want to get, it's they want to, they got to get to me to get to you or something like that. Um, not that I'm comparing myself to Donald Trump, but anyway. Uh, perhaps you could take a seminar on how to defend yourself against a fork. Ha! That's that thing he does where he tells me I'm fat. Well, I've taken a lot of seminars. I've taken a lot of classes. I've done a lot of training down through the years. Um, hours and hours and hours. I wish... I wish there was a way I could sit down and do the math on how many hundreds of hours it's been. Between in-person training and classes and seminars and the different martial arts I've studied, but also the hours and hours of subject matter experts that I've interviewed, uh, because I had to do that as part of my job in this industry, um, that is pretty much a master class in topics related to the martial arts self-defense and survivalism. Um, you, you would pay a pretty penny to get that amount of training if it were offered as like a college course or some sort of extensive um, like clown college for martial artists. So uh, to be fair, I rarely watch Mike's channel because I find his personality grating. Well, then why are you even commenting? Because that was really the point of my video. I mean, uh, beyond pointing out how hypocritical Mike's opinions are and how ridiculous the man is. Um, <laughs> all of that and you agree that his personality is grating. Uh, he also goes on and says, as a cat person, I feel some degree of affinity with you. It's not affinity with you, it's affinity for you, but uh, the feeling's not mutual because unlike you, I am not a mentally weak coward who has to hide in order to throw rocks from the safety of the bushes of anonymity. <laughs> so I'm glad you're a cat person, so maybe you have some redeeming qualities, but mostly you're a coward. Um, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> so I, it's been very interesting to me, the number of people who have crawled out of the weeds to protect their hero, Mike Pesesco. And, and, and uh, this happened, I've seen, there's a, a group on Facebook that I no longer participate in, but where Mike's video about um, trashing historical European martial artists and talking about how mixed martial artists with swords and shields would beat them. That video was posted at, to the group and there was a lot of commentary on it. And of course, 
Mike's defenders came crawling out of the woodwork. It never ceases to amaze me. Um, you are free to build your entire self-defense training regimen around mixed martial arts if you can pull it off. You are free to think that everybody who doesn't agree with you is a loser who can't fight. Some of them even are. But at the end of the day, um, I don't care what you do because you've lost already. You've lost the plot. Um, there's a lot more ordinary people out here who need to be able to defend themselves than there are you. And your sneering contempt for them helps no one. And it doesn't help you, and that's what's important. It's not helping, you're not helping yourself with this attitude. But because most of you are so immensely unpleasant in how you go about your cowardice, I guess I don't care if you get hurt. Which is a horrible thing to say. I do care. I really do. And I wish you would do better, but I know you're not going to. So until something happens, so every once in a while something like that will happen. I had a friend who was doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and he got horribly hurt in the course of just training. And he really kind of changed his outlook. Like here I was trying to train to learn to do this for self-defense and I ended up getting hurt in a way that makes me less able to defend myself. And I'm like, yeah. And I felt for him. I really did. But And that helped inform some of my opinions on this. So us, uh, us psychologically weak uh, losers are just going to have to keep right on learning to defend ourselves realistically. And you titans of masculinity out there who have the, the, the correct opinions and are fans of the right stuff, I guess you'll just go on being superior. You go on making your anonymous comments uh, if it makes you feel better. But we all know. All right, this has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.